All right, well, welcome, my friends. It is so awesome to be together today. My name is Mike, and I'm one of the pastors here at Prairie Heights. Normally, when you walk in the building, we would have given you a high five. And so can we all just, like, hold up our hands and give a little air high five to the screen? I know it's weird, and we're just living in really weird days. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am seeing all sorts of crazy stories on Instagram and Facebook. Matter of fact, I just watched Jimmy Fallon do an interview with Dude Perfect, one of my family's favorite shows, and they were doing it from their home. And then I saw Blake Shelton get a haircut from Gwen Stefani, like, what in the world is happening? And artists are inviting us into their homes to watch unplugged concerts, which is just really cool and really, really different. And I saw some amazing news um, this week. Matter of fact, the number one influencer on all of Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media app was the refrigerator. The refrigerator has won the day, followed closely in second place by uh, your TV and all of social media. And so basically what's running the world right now is what we eat, what we watch, and what we post. And, And in the midst of these wild times, there's some really great things happening I recently saw a video of um, doctors and nurses and uh, healthcare workers standing on top of their hospitals singing worship over the people in the building in, in that hospital, asking God to bring healing um, to them. And, and we recently got an email this week from Uversion, which is an app that you can download on your phone or your tablet and you can read the Bible. And they, they created a new uh, thing for us to use. And 1.6 million people took advantage of it in one week. And what they've created is an online prayer room. And I saw some of the most amazing prayers posted. People praying for family members that don't know Jesus. People praying for healthcare workers and teachers and praying for all the essential workers that are driving truck and keeping fast food stores open and all the things that are happening. It was just really, really amazing to me. And I don't know if you follow us as Prairie Heights on social media, but I want to encourage you to do that. Matter of fact, this week, our amazing team came up with something awesome called the Block Party. And I've been watching people post these really cool things. See, the Block Party is a way that we can care for the people in our neighborhood. We can uh, take them food, we can take them flowers, we can write them notes and just check in and encourage them. And if you need some ideas to engage with the people around you, we, we want to encourage you to love your, your neighbors. We believe that's what Jesus would be calling us to do. And one more thing I just want to encourage you, this, this series is called Skin in the Game and it covers the, the book of James. And as a church, we're going to be using a reading plan in the Uversion app over the book of James. And I'd love for you to engage with that. I'd love for you to follow along and and learn more about who the person of James was and the hope that he brings us in this day, in this age. And last week, last week we talked about that with God's help, with God's help, we can be shaped by our trials. We can learn to have joy in every circumstance, in every situation, because God is unchanged by our current circumstances. We serve a God who's not affected by what's happening in the world around us. And that is such good news for me, because when I get overwhelmed and when I get frustrated with the length, 
that we are experiencing right now of, of being socially distant and, and having to shelter in place, I'm reminded that there is hope. There's amazing community that's happening because people are being shaped by what God is doing in this season. They're, they're connecting in completely new ways. And last week we learned that God calls us to have endurance. The same type of endurance that a marathon runner has. And um, I don't know about you, but I don't have that endurance sometimes. But that's the type of endurance that we need to apply to our faith. We need to train ourselves in the same way that a marathon runner would train to run a marathon. And those are the things that we're going to look at this week. How do, we, how do we enter into training? How do we prepare our hearts to be doers of the word, not just hearers? And, and how do we stretch ourselves into our faith? And I need us to remember this, that the call of James, it's serious. It's not a lightweight, like what I would call fluffy bunny call. It's not like, hey, come here and give a hug. I want us to understand that James is serious about his pursuit of who God calls us to be. Matter of fact, James has changed physically, emotionally, and spiritually by his encounter with God. He went from denying Jesus as the Messiah to actually acknowledging him as Savior. Matter of fact, he called himself a bondservant or a slave to the Lord. And this type of change, this type of change is what you and I need in these days. We need a change that will alter us in every single way, because that's what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to become new people in Jesus. And our trials, they should shape us, and they should call us to become better versions of ourselves. And we should allow the commands and the teachings of Jesus to become the foundation of our lives, so that we are shaped and altered by what God has called us to do. But I don't know about you, many, many of us, we agree with Jesus in our heart. And we see his teachings and we agree, yep, yep, that makes sense in my brain. But we have a hard time living it out. It'd be like this, like if I asked my son, Judah, to clean his room and he came back to me. And Judah's only five and so this is kind of a fun scenario. But if he came back to me and he was like, hey dad, um, I didn't clean my room, but I drew a diagram. And this diagram, it was phenomenal. It was so cool. I actually created a Zoom call, I called all my friends, and we all just spent an hour talking about how efficient my room would be if it was cleaned. And matter of fact, we loved it so much that we're going to get back together next week, and we're going to go over the plan again, and we're going to see how we can do it better. And I would look at Judah, and I'd say, Judah, did you clean your room? He's like, no, no. I'd say, dude, go do that. I don't want you to talk about it. I want you to do it. And see, I think a lot of us, we, we find ourselves in that situation, right, with our faith. Like, well, yeah, yeah, we should be kind. We should forgive. We, we should practice the words that Jesus has given us. But we would rather kind of talk about it. We would rather spend time dissecting truth and, and understanding what it means for our lives. And all of that is essential and important, but... If you and I, we don't actually put it into action, we're missing something. There's a gap in our faith. It's not actually changing who we are. It's not transforming us. We're just talking about it. 
And so if you have your Bible with you, we're going to be in the end of James chapter 1 right now. And you can flip there with me. And we're going to be reading James chapter 1, verses 20 through through 25. And if, if we understand this, like this is actually a paraphrase. James is repeating the words of Jesus that Jesus would have given us in Matthew chapter 7. And, and we can almost hear in James's tone, he's like, guys... This has been said once already, but I'm going to repeat it because it bears repeating. This is what God is calling us to do. So let's read James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Why does James tell us to not simply be hearers, but doers of the word? See, 2,000 years ago, there would have only been one copy of the scriptures and it would have been held at the synagogue or at the temple. And so people would have showed up on a weekly basis and they would have seen a rabbi pull out the scroll and read from it. And it would have been very easy for them to be hearers, to hear what it says and then go home and not do it, not enact it. But in our day and age, you and I, we we have Bibles everywhere. We can download it on our phone or on our tablet. We can set reminders so that scripture pops up. How many of us still, though, find ourselves being hearers and not doers? And I think it's easy to fall into the trap. Like, I made a one-time commitment to Jesus. I heard the truth and I agreed with it in my heart. And and I said, yep, that's what I want. But we're not working on a daily relationship with Jesus. We aren't always asking God, what do you want in these moments? And see, that's what James is calling us back to. It's it's not about a one-time agreement. It's about every single day living in relationship with the risen king. It's about moment by moment being shaped by what the word and by what the spirit, the Holy Spirit tells us and by what a relationship with God informs us. See, these are things that are essential for you and I to understand in our pursuit. And our training, our training in this season looks like allowing God to surrender the things in our heart that are not for him. And all of us have them, right? All of us have places in our heart that we just struggle allowing God to have full control over. Maybe it's, it's our consumption of media. Maybe it's our, it's our relationships with people. Maybe it's the way we talk or the text messages that we send. Or, or maybe, just maybe, it's the thing that we do when nobody else is with us. See, we all have areas that we need to consider. And James says it so clearly. If we don't do what God says, it's like we look at ourselves in the mirror. And we walk away and we forget who we are. I don't know about you, but I let myself off the hook sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I I forget things so easily. Matter of fact, I have to have lists of all the things that I need to get done in the day because I can forget. But I, 
I don't keep the word of Jesus in front of me all the time. And I let myself off the hook. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get to that next time. And when I don't stay in connection with God, I forget what I look like. I I forget what God is calling me to. And I walk away from the teachings of Jesus and I, I don't act in the way that I should. That's why it's critical that we maintain a relationship with God's word. That's why it's critical that we read every single day, that we have people to hold us accountable. That's why it's critical that we actually live out the call that God has put in our hearts. We can't just look at ourselves in the mirror and forget what we look like. We can't just forget what God has called us to do. And oftentimes, I don't look at God's law as something that brings me freedom. But when I begin to understand that God's law protects me, It helps me not get caught in addictions. It helps me not find myself in situations that I would never want to be in. When when I can begin to see how God's intent for my life is really that I would be free. That I would have the fullness of joy. Man, that brings me hope. And I don't have to be hindered by the things that would get me caught in traps. I can walk in freedom. And pursue who God has called me to be. I want us to listen to the words that David wrote in the book of Psalms 141 through, it's verse 2 through verse 4. And and David has incredible insight for us today. I think that we would not just be hearers, but doers. And David's prayer, David's prayer is so helpful to me today. Because it's something that I think each one of us can implement in our own lives. And so let's read this, Psalm 141, verses 2 through 4. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil, so that I take part in wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat their delicacies. See, David is praying David is praying that his life would be like a sacrifice, an aroma that is pleasing to God. See, in David's time, when he committed a sin, he would have had to go to the temple and he would have had to select an animal that had no blemish and they would have sacrificed that animal to pay for the sin that he had committed. And and you and I, we live in a day when Jesus has paid that completely for us. Jesus has covered our sins completely. And what an incredible thing. But David was saying, God, would you look at my life as something that's pleasing to you, something that is sacrificed, something that is not about striving, but it's about submitting. Something that allows me to enter into a place of saying, God, you are the leader of my life. And everything that I do comes from this place of giving back to you what you first gave to me. See, Jesus, I need to give my life completely to you. And I can't do that if I don't have the love that you first gave to me. And David, David was praying that his desires would not be of the world. And do you and I, do we pray that way? Do we pray that God would help us not be caught in old cycles and in old patterns And see, there's nothing more pleasing to God than a life that is fully submitted to him. He loves when his people are able to say, God, I give everything to you. Matter of fact, scripture tells us that that's an aroma that's pleasing to him. 
And can I just tell you, when, when somebody asks God for help, he loves to help them. As a dad, I don't think there's anything more that I love than when my son comes to me and says, Daddy, can you help me? I mean, that, that stirs my heart in such a way that I'm like, whatever you need, buddy, I just want to be with you. I want to help you. And don't you think our God in heaven, who is a better parent than I will ever be, loves us a thousand million times more than that? Don't you think he sees us? And when you and I, we can get humble enough to say, God, I need your help. He absolutely enters into that like an incredible parent. And he scoops us up in his arms and he says, I love you and I want to help you. See, that's one of the keys to our training is being able to admit to God that we can't do this on our own. One of the favorite passages of scripture that a man encounters Jesus and he says to Jesus, I want to believe, but help me with my unbelief. Maybe you find yourself there today. Maybe you find yourself in a situation where you are struggling to believe because of all that you see. Would you just pray, God, I want to believe. Help me with my unbelief. And see, David, David is choosing to be a doer of God's word. He's asking God to help him not get caught in the broken patterns of thinking and of a lifestyle that will hinder him from being who God has called him to be. I think that is so important for us to understand. And maybe you find yourself in a place where you said yes to Jesus, but you aren't praying that prayer every single day. God, would my life be an offering that is pleasing to you? And you're, you're wondering, why, why is this relationship not so easy? Why is it so hard to follow Jesus in these days? The reality is you've hit a wall. You've come to a place of struggle and you don't know how to get over it or under it or around it. And this next section, I I believe, is going to be critical to you and I growing in our relationship with God. Growing past a wall that has hindered us from being able to pursue who God has called you to be. See, I can remember... I can remember thinking, if I do something one time, it's going to be good. So, so if I tell my wife, Kristen, hey, I love you. And for the rest of my life, every time she says she loves me, I'm like, hey, I'm good. Yeah, I told you one time already. Or, or like, you know, if I, if I go to the gym and I work out one time and I leave and I'm like, look at all these suckers going to the gym every single day. Like, all you have to do is do this one time. See, I think sometimes we look at our relationship with God like we look at the gym or we would look at saying, I love you. This is an everyday, ongoing relationship that requires maintenance, that requires engaging our hearts in what God has called us to do. And so I'm going to walk over here to the whiteboard and I'm going to walk us through some, some teaching that I think hopefully will be really helpful to you. So let's start over here. We, we all start on this side, right here. We're exploring. So we're curious about who God is. We want to understand what, what is he like and, and who is he and what is his characteristics. And we get to ask our questions and, and we get to come to a point where we think, okay, 
I, I have enough data, I have enough understanding of his characteristics. And maybe, just maybe, today, you're exploring. And I just want you to know, like, thank you for tuning in and thank you for checking this out. And, and the next step, and we've had a lot of people, I, I think over 20 people in the last couple of weeks that we've been online, they've gone to this point and they've said yes. And we say that this is the best yes that we can ever say. We've said yes to Jesus being the leader of our life. We've said yes to engaging in what he's called us to do. And we've said, God, I want you to lead my life. And that's incredible. And matter of fact, scripture tells us that there's a party in heaven when this happens. And that's so phenomenal. And we celebrate with you when you've said yes. And so then we get into this rhythm where we, we do this. We, we join a grow group. And, and we, we, we find out a reading plan. And we begin to serve and engage in the local church. And all of these things, they are critical to our growth in, in Jesus. They, they are so important. And there's nothing wrong with them. Matter of fact, this is one of the best things that you and I can ever choose to do. Is engage in the ministry of the local church. Because we believe the local church is the hope of the world. We believe that 100%. And all of these things... They allow us to develop community. They allow us to grow in our knowledge of God. And, and this is part of our training. And they allow us to serve people. And that's exactly what Jesus has called us to do. But sometimes, sometimes we find ourselves right here, hitting the wall. It used to be easy to get out of bed. And come to church and serve. It used to be exciting to hold the door as people came in. It used to be one of the best things to hang out with the kids in Kid Venture. Or usher people in and help them find seats. You used to love getting up and reading the Bible in the morning. These were things that were super engaging to your heart. But somehow you got it, you got it a little misaligned in your brain. And somehow we begin to think that this part... Doing these things, checking these boxes, they made our relationship with God good. And it became a mechanical relationship instead of an everyday engagement with the living God. And so I want to call this section striving. We're striving to prove that we are worthy of God's love. But can I just tell you something right now? You and I need to understand that we can't give anything to God that he hasn't given to us first. We need to understand that the only way that we can overcome this wall is to first submit and lay down our lives and say, Jesus, I can only love you out of the abundance of your love. I can only serve you as you serve me. I can only receive what you first gave me. And it's actually called this idea of the second death or going all in. And you and I, we need to understand that there is a second cross in our relationship with God. And the only way we get past this wall is we learn to die to self. We learn to lay down our plans. And we understand that we have to have a daily relationship with the risen king. Sometimes it's moment by moment. Sometimes 
It is every moment of the day. And the other side of this second cross is victory, is life. The joy of following Jesus returns to our lives. And that's what we need to understand is that it's, it's not about just doing. It's about hearing and it's about being shaped by the truth of who God is. It's about having God have access to every area of our life and having nothing hidden and nothing withheld because we understand that God is for us and we can only give back to him what he's given to us. So I want to get really practical right now. And, and maybe, just maybe, you're saying, well, what is God calling us to? What is God asking us to enter into? And, and James gives us incredible insight in the second half of this little section. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump back to James chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And this is what it says. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep one to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Who? Like is there any more clear call? We don't get to just play this. We have to live it. But we don't live in our own strength. We live from the abundance of God. And God's asking us to stop living for our own desires and to start living for his. And his desires are that we would care for the orphaned and the widowed, that we would love the people around us, that we would look at our online Facebook presence and find out how do we join the block party. We would love the people in our neighborhoods. We would care for those who are far from God and we would engage in such a way that our lives would be compelling and invitational and people would say, I want what you have. See, that's what God is calling us to. We have to we have to really begin to bridle our tongue. And can we just all confess, it's super hard when you are at home all day with your family to not be rude in your speech. There, there reaches a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. And that's where we need to go, God, I want to believe, but help me with my unbelief. We have to allow Jesus to enter into those moments, those holy moments where we are stopping our striving and we're leaning into our submission. We're saying, God, I need you to give me strength right now so that I can love my family well. And can I just ask you, are there things that are trapping you right now in this life? Are there things that are getting you caught up? Can you just eliminate them? Can you lay them down? Can you ask the God of heaven to help you find victory by submitting your heart to him? Because your worth and your value is not found in only what you do, but it is found in who you are in him. And out of that place, 
of relationship with God, you and I, we can do all the things that we've talked about. We can train, we can serve, we can read, we can be in grow groups, but it first starts by submitting our hearts fully to Jesus. Another thing that's really practical, you can jump into the reading plan and go through the book of James with us as a, as a community. And that will be so helpful to you. But I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you to hold the mirror of God's word up to your, to your life. And I want you to ask the hard questions. Are you living it? Are you allowing this to inform who God has called you to be? I want us to act. I want us to put the very thing that we read into practice. And then we stretch ourselves by being who God has called us to be. And this is the best time that we can love our community, that we can express who God has called us to be. But I got to ask us, how many of us are getting up at 5 a.m. and spending an hour in prayer and reading the word? How many of us are actually taking serious the call that God has placed on our lives to be people who pursue his heart at all costs? See, that's the call to not just be hearers, but to be doers. And you and I, we need to understand that above all things, it's time to stop striving. Stop checking off the boxes and start surrendering your heart and your life to Jesus. You need to come to the place of that second cross where God would help us to become completely new and live in victory. So may God bless you, my friends. I'm praying for you and for your family. I'm praying for your health. And until we meet again, I pray that God would encourage you to find hope in his word this week and to begin to put into practice what he's calling us to do in the book of James. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks right now because you are worthy. God, I ask that you would meet every single need. Jesus, we don't do this in and of our own strength. We only do this out of the abundance of your richness and your love. God, you paid the price on the cross so that we could have life and life to the full. And may that be the call that we begin to lean into this week, Jesus. That our relationship with you would be constantly aligned with the truth of your word. We would understand who you are and how much you love us. And God, we give you thanks. In your name we pray. Amen.